Welcome to Falcons Audible Podcast. I am pretty stoked today because DJ Shockley, we've got our first guest. I thought you were about to season. say because I'm here. I all season I mean. long, Falcons <laughs> coach Dan Quinn joins us. Coach, you're our first guest all year. Yeah, well, is that, I'm. Is that uh, kind of sad? No, I think it sets it off in the right way. You know, like if it's going to be about 19 setting it off, then I think we should, we should do that right it's now. Perfect so, way to start so I'm it off. Always pumped to be here with a few good football guys. So um, let's talk some Falcon football. Well, you just went through uh, 46 minutes of uh, Q&A being grilled up there yep. at the podium with uh, Thomas talking about the 2018, talking about the state of the Falcons. Yeah. What is the state of Dan Quinn these days? How are you doing? I'm doing good. I had uh, told the team, obviously, when you have a disappointing year, I wanted them to recognize uh, we've got this gap to fill, you know, over the next, you know, six months to mm -hmm. say, uh, let's make sure it's of the utmost importance, man, that like every player, coach, personnel, equipment, training, mm -hmm. like understands the, like the magnitude of what we need to get done mm -hmm. and puts forth the effort for that cause because um, we've got a really cool group of guys. And so for us to have to have made some changes, uh, that sucks, man. That was like absolutely the worst part of the job of guys that you really care about and so to have some of those changes take place um, and they're good coaches and we'll move to other cities and, and coaching and doing their thing. But uh, at times, some new change and some new voices are needed. Um, and so that's what we did. About that, you know, Monday I wrote about the changes and yep. you talked about, hey, these are really difficult decisions. And you talked about how, you know, you respect those guys yes. from a personal level too. How? As a coach, is there anybody that you kind of learn from or look to when you're evaluating and have to make those decisions? Is there a lot some of things that yeah. you kind of go through that you just kind of lean on? Because it's got to be tough. Yeah, I think um, the toughest, like you said, the toughest yeah, part of your job. The toughest part is, uh, and you guys have been through when you have to make decisions that you yeah. don't want to do, but you know it's right. Mm -hmm. And so at the end, that's you know when you put your head on the pillow to say, all right this is going to be the best thing to represent the team and that mm -hmm. starts arthur the organization the locker room the fans and so when you put it in that context to say you know what decisions do we have to make you know for better and sometimes those are the toughest ones but at the end of it it's like all right knowing what you do uh, you just try to keep doing right and uh, as a player who's been in the locker room uh, I hope you recognize that to say, man, they're always digging to, you know, mm -hmm. make it just exactly as it should be. And so that's my responsibility to the players and uh, that'll never stop. Q, when did the process start for you? Because obviously you're going through the year and, right. you know, you're locked in on game plans every week and focusing on the team. But when you had to think, OK, here's where I have to start thinking about making changes to right. my staff yep. from a fan perspective, I'm sure they would love to know. When did you start to go through that process of, okay, this is what I need to do once the season ends? Well, it, from players, coaches, the whole thing, mm -hmm. and the team never is far from my mind. Right. And so an evaluation process takes place at meetings, at practice, uh, in these moments that you see and you recognize. And so uh, you just keep tracking, keep putting the evaluation in to say, there's not generally one moment okay. that causes you know a shift or right. a change, but when there's some things that you see, okay, this can be done in a different way. That's where you go to, and that was the case in this one because uh, the 
the men that have left here from the coaching side, uh, there's some terrific coaches that are going to do well. And it's going to be the same thing from the player side. You'd love to keep every player all the time, you know, because uh, from a player and coaching side, like, I love these guys. Yeah. And I'd do anything, literally anything, you know, just about for anyone in that locker room, player or coach. So you can imagine how difficult that is when you would literally do anything for them and you still have to make the change. So you just kind of take mental notes as yes, maybe it could be in October or November, December, August. like August. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, during the draft and process. Like, and so okay. uh, where are we at in free agency? There's such a, you know, like segmented parts of our profession because in the off season, what are we bringing from an evaluation standpoint? You know, not all coaches are evaluators. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's some excellent coaches that are, okay, can coach the guy, but maybe not want to get the evaluation to bring them in. And there's some excellent evaluators yeah. who aren't mm -hmm. always, um, you know, the best on the grass. So that part, how do we teach? Yeah. What's going on in the meeting? Are we evolving? Are we challenging the guys in new ways? So one of the things that we like to do from a staff standpoint is how are we constantly involved uh, evolving in the development of the players in questioning because quite honestly some of these players have been here three or four years they know the system pretty well I'm ready for you to teach it yeah and yeah. I'm sure you can relate to that as yeah. a quarterback all right now you teach it you know where it's not rinse and repeat so to speak and so that's the challenge that you go through as a coach then into the spring and what were the things that you challenged the player to improve upon and did that happen because we have a point of attack tape for every player. Mm -hmm. This was the thing that we set our you know, sights on improving upon, did that happen? And then as you get into training camp and it's, you know, let me watch individual here with this coach. Let me go over to see this one to see yeah. how are, are those players developing, you know, under a coach's, you know, guidance. How does the team respond? What's the energy look like for them? How you is it game plan? So like all of these are part of the evaluation, not just, you know, one moment. Are you seeing that? Are you seeing those guys step up now that you, they're heading into third, fourth year or, or becoming those on the field coaches yes. for you that are thinking like I do? Yeah, and we need to encourage it even more Yeah, because quite honestly, the more veteran players that you have that really have a rock solid vision of the program, the team, that helps a lot. So they don't need to call plays on game day. I'm not suggesting that. What I am <laughs> suggesting is like, hey, let me tell you exactly how this should be to a new right. player. Yeah. So it's not just coming from the coach, but the learning takes place from the coordinators, myself, coordinators, position coaches, and then in the locker room too, yeah. to say, this is exactly where I need you. I think Matt's one of the clearest examples of that because not only does he have himself squared away, he'll tell a receiver, um, especially a young one, to mm -hmm. say, no, I need that stem, let's do it right at seven yards. Yeah. And so he's very clear on what that is. And I had said that to Russell Gage earlier. I said to him, will you be that clear in 10 years hmm. with a rookie quarterback yeah. that Matt was just with you? Mm -hmm. And he said, oh yeah. I said, are you sure? You're like you're gonna be 32, you know, 31 years old. And here's this, you know, 21 year old that is, you know, like well, talking about college, huh? something Instagram that's not even like, <laughs> A thing anymore <laughs> are you going to be willing to say hey man this is where I'll be in that yeah. space you can count on me to throw it and so I tried to reverse the roles right. to say look at the time invested he made in you are you willing to do that every single year to the next teammate mm. who's coming up and so I think there was small moments like that that when you create leadership from within mm -hmm. it kind of keeps building and that's why I think this rookie class has some real leaders in it 
and uh, they'll be ready to mentor the next group because of the guys that have helped them through this first year. Q, going forward, uh, you're going to be taking over their duties on the defensive side, calling the plays, and you're going through the process of looking for an offensive coordinator for the fans. Kind of tell them what that process is like and what you're looking for out of the next guy who's going to come in here and be your offensive coordinator. Right. I think, number one, um, it, it better start from a, like the cultural fit and say uh, that's A, number one, because if that's off, that'll get down to the coaches, which gets down to the players. So that's A, number one. Mm -hmm. And then from there, um, a scheme fit or uh, the ability to adapt within our scheme. So it's not, here's the playbook, just call it like you see fit, but a real knowledge and understanding of how to feature the players within that system. And then from there, how do they lead amongst the staff? Because as a coordinator, um, it's not just about one position. Yeah. It's about managing the staff, and it's about managing the players. So the leadership portion of that role, um, I didn't have a full appreciation for until I stepped into the role for the first time. When mm -hmm. you're an assistant coach, Oftentimes, if there's a staff meeting, you just kind of sit down and you're waiting for your instructions, you know, <laughs> yeah. kind of like going to school or kindergarten. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, John, open up your yeah. book and turn to page four, and yeah, then right, you turn right, to page four, okay. <laughs> and so as the coordinator, uh, you're responsible for setting the course for everything. What do we want to research? What do we want to emphasize? What do we need to work on more to see if we can improve in this area? What things are we doing well? How do we emphasize that within the game plan? Mm -hmm. What things need extra attention? How do we manage that part of the game plan, the installation? And so how are we using collaboration to, if you're gonna work the empty side of the offensive game plan, and you're gonna work uh, the blitz side of it, you know, and how does that collaboration go together? And if you can organize guys and empower them in such a way that they have some really cool roles, uh, that chemistry, much like a team, you feel it. And when the chemistry is really good on good teams you've been a part of, I don't know if you can describe it, but you can feel, feel it. it. Yeah. It's hard to describe. Absolutely. It's um, two words that are often hard to describe. Um, the first one, I'll give you the second one. So how do you describe respect? Action, what you see. Yeah, That's so cool. there was a pause, because like, what's that definition for <laughs> you, right? Yeah. It's a word that we all know, and we all know what it looks like. And so, you know, one word we say around here is regard because respect is how much you regard something. You sure. could give it high regard, mm -hmm. and you're definitely treating somebody with a lot of respect, or you treat something without high regard, and you're not giving it the same respect. So that's mm -hmm. one, and then the second one is intent. What my plan is. Yeah, and so mm -hmm. those two things, I think, are a big part of leading, mm -hmm. because the respect part of it, to make sure everybody has a really clear role, and knowing that it's we're gonna disagree on things, and how does that, it's okay to disagree, right. yeah. you know, and say, I know you may not have tried this, but we're going to try it and here's how we go. And I'd like you to figure out a way to get it done. Right. And so it's never one that I'd like to hear, well, this is how we've always done it. Yeah, you know, like that's not going to cut it. Right. right. You know, I've never done that. You know, like that's when you shut off and you're not open to new ideas and being curious about new ways to do things. I don't think anybody likes to hear that in any kind of line of work, really. Yeah. And that's then, how we've always done it. Yeah. It's like, well, that's good, but you know, like, we used to walk everywhere better? we were going, you know. <laughs> so, you know, then on the intent side is um, from the coordinator role to make sure that it's very clear what we need to get done. And that part um, are some important things that you may not know until you get somebody here to visit with them. Let's talk about the... Uh the one position I'm really excited about is the new DC we got. Yep, I know I was the guy looking, well. Right. <laughs> I was looking at, uh, I 
that piece I wrote Monday, I was looking at uh, uh, the what's Legion the, of Boom the, rankings. What's uh, the credentials on this new DC right here? What? He was he was one of the most sought after uh, really? coaches coming oh, out. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, because of what he did in Seattle for two years. You, I, was there a category you guys didn't lead the league in? <laughs> uh, um, well, I, I don't know about that. Well, I can tell you moving forward. That's there's a I lot of ones you. there, Coach. The um, it's pretty good. I love um, tough ass, hard-nosed defensive play. And um, I think to be championship caliber teams, you better have an edge to you. And uh, sometimes we may see five or 10 really big hits in a season when you're really humming, they mm -hmm. should be 40 or 50 of those as a defense to make sure you're trying to out hit in every way. <clears throat> the best defenses I've been a part of had a good ball hawking mindset. Yeah. Mm. And uh, that part of the game, if you can do that and eliminate explosive plays, you got a really good chance to do well. <clears throat> the defense I didn't like to play against there, those are not the ones I like to play against. And they so get after you. Those, the, uh, those, those show up on tape, no doubt. The same chemistry that you, know, you need on offense, you know, you've been on part of good collaborative and you're working together and in sync. The same thing happens defensively. Right. It's the communication that has to take place. It's the um, physicality that has to take place. It's the accountability that has to take place. And so um, by no stretch uh, of any defense I've been a part of, was it a one-man show or one-man operation, players, coaches, uh, when you play a team game, mm -hmm. you're judged by how many good teams you've been a part of. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'll never forget Bill Russell saying that. Mm. And I think it's as true as you could ever imagine because playing good defense, it's also the offense has to play well. Sure. They've got to take care of the ball. They've got to have a low turnover margin because say you turn it over 15 or 20 or 20 times in a year, those are 15 or 20 more possessions. And let alone if one of those turnovers turn into a score, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, that's, that adds to the defensive scoring, you know, percentage. So like it's so hand in hand um, the best teams I've been a part of had good offenses, yeah. good defenses, good special teams. Because if you get out of whack one way or another, it gets very difficult to do. And you better be like lights out, unbelievable to be so, to be really good and just be really good on one side. Yeah. In your press, absolutely. Yeah, totally. in, in your press conference, you use the words consistency and vision. And you look back on this last season, and you saw a lot of guys step up. You saw a lot yeah. of guys step into some roles that probably weren't going to be the roles that intended coming into the season. But how excited are you to have those guys like a KZ, like yep. a Foyer, step into some big-time roles, yeah. Edo play yeah. some big-time roles for you, knowing coming into this next season, we can depend on those guys. Yes. And so is there some on-the-job training? You bet. Yeah. You know, what job did any of us have that we didn't learn Especially the first year. Yeah. Get, yeah, we're still learning, still right. Learning. But you gain, like in that first year of it, you grow yeah. a lot. Yeah. And that is the case with Ito, with Calvin, with Russell Gage, with Foyer, who have uh, extended playing time as a first or second year player. And so when you do that and you come through, um, it's a powerful feeling because not just the coaches know it. Yeah. More importantly, the players know it. Yeah. And uh, Shaq can attest. No one has better insight than the players. Mm -hmm. They know who can play. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And um, if you try to BS the players, and <laughs> see right uh, through it. they see right through it. And so you better make sure 
uh, you recognize who is those guys who can play. And um, it's a great feeling knowing that there's some young guys that are up and coming that are making their way. And uh, I think they're going to take big jumps moving forward. So I went back to your introductory press conference here uh, when I was just looking back. And the words you used a lot were fast, physical, and attack. Um, and you're talking about some of the elements you want this this defense now to have and this yep. offense to have. How do you feel like that you're close? Do you feel like that you're 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 seeing those things? Uh, and um, not today, I'm not. <laughs> um, but we will. Yeah. And uh, the fast part, I felt you know the effort of the defense, uh, but there was a number of markers that we missed on mm-hmm. in this in this season. So uh, we've got a gap to fill for sure. It's going to take a hell of a lot of work to get there. But with the men that are here, Mm -hmm. um, I have a very good sense that uh, that kind of physicality and technique and effort and strain and ball hawking uh, will take place. And I'm very excited because I know the roles that some of these men already have, and uh, I'm excited to see where we can take it. Coach, uh, I look forward for you to come back, and our next conversation is about how you've closed that gap. Yeah, uh, I am or, too. Or feel like that, hey, yeah. we're, we're, we're almost there, we're right, we're right there, I think I got the pieces. Right. Or, I think the um, easy thing would be to just blame something on injuries. Yeah. And uh, on every team, teams have injuries and it's a real factor, uh, especially when some of those injuries happen uh, to positions that have leading mm-hmm. voices and leading influence mm-hmm. um, on offense that might be at quarterback, it might be, hell, it might be at center, you don't know that on defense, it might be at safety, at corner, whatever it is, but it's our job to feature the guys in the best places that they're able to do their thing. And uh, some of these men that are coming back, I, uh, I have a good sense about what they will do uh, within the system. And there'll definitely be some changes of how we do things. And uh, I think you're always doing that to evolve, uh, but I'm very much looking forward to, I love this team. Yeah. And I love what they stand for. There's a group of fighters. And uh, if you have that mindset, that attitude, uh, generally good things happen. Coach, when I see in the mornings, you get here like 6.20, 6.15, you're like the first car in, and I'm like the second car in, or sometimes I beat you. Oh, we, we pass, boy. we pass boy. sometimes. Yeah, no, no doubt. And the, the one thing you always say <laughs> to me, which kind of fires me up is, you always say, Beak, you ready to rock? Yeah. Coach, you ready to rock? 100% I am. And uh, the energy that comes from the challenges, uh, like there's nothing like it. And so that's the responsibility to Arthur, to the organization, to the team, to the locker room. And that's what drives you to see, can you do it better than it's ever been done? That's a, that's a, that's a cool kick-ass challenge. Yes. So um, that's what drives you. Q, before we let you get out of here, I know the fans w- would love to ask this question. <laughs> Leading into the draft, you know, all our stuff coming up, free agency, all that kind of stuff. Where is the focal point for you going forward with this team and where you guys want to go as far as personnel, as far as what do you want to look like, going into all those different you know, stages of the offseason? What's right. the focal point for Coach Dan Quinn? Well, I'll leave it at this, and it could probably apply to a couple of positions, but uh, for the fans, let's make sure we get nastier. Yeah, like oh, that. amen to that. It might be big and nasty. Yeah. It might be fast and nasty. <laughs> we get nasty. But let's make sure uh, there's no doubt about that. But uh, honestly, I, it's a good question, and uh, we definitely um, always want to be able to impose your will. And you better have people that know how to do that right. and like doing that. Yeah. And uh, that'll be a big focal point. Awesome. What, do you, what do you call them, Coach? Dogs? Dogs? Yes. 
You need more dogs. Bitch, you gotta you always have some dogs on your team. Have some yes. dogs, not and, uh, bulldogs. You gotta have bulldogs. Not bulldogs. bulldogs are good too. Yeah, we, Mountaineers too. <laughs> Mountaineers can be dogs. Oh yeah. It, it don't uh, even matter. You can be from <laughs> anywhere. Don't mind Big. Big. Big always tries to get his don't, Mountaineers on hey, the podcast. It don't matter where you come from. They're looking for it a coach. It's just a right matter of how <laughs> you want to get after it. And uh, the nice part about this team, and you guys know this from covering the team, uh, there's some excellent competitive warrior oh, yeah. mindset guys. Um, ones I listed earlier, and they've mm-hmm. mentored some coming up now. Mm-hmm. Um, Julio Jones is a warrior in every sense of it, the way he competes, the way he fights, the way he battles. And those things don't go unnoticed by teammates. And so when your best players model that, um, it's pretty hard not to keep up because you would stick out like a sore thumb. And he would say, man, that's not the standard. And if you can't keep up to that, um, not from a talent standpoint, Mm -hmm. toughness and the finishing and the physicality, then, um, you know, it's... I mean, you can't play. It just means it's not the right fit. Uh, I, I try to tell people all the time. You, it's hard to imagine, like towards the end of the year, you got on that three-game win streak, but people are saying, okay, well, why is Matt playing? Why is Julio playing? I said, try taking those guys off the field. No chance. Try yeah. to imagine those guys not giving everything they have. And you can yeah. see it throughout the entire year. Those guys give everything they have. Right. So the other guys, they have to get in line. Like the lessons that you can learn from that right. are unbelievable. If I could tell you how pissed Matt was that we fumbled the ball in a four minute at Carolina. Oh yeah. It was important for the player, Brian, who fumbled, to feel it from Matt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To know how damn important uh, the game is, the ball is, the moment is. And he may not have the same regard had it not been for that lesson that didn't have to come from me. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to go over him and get on him. A, already a leader on the team just did. Peter's mm-hmm. keeping him accountable. And if the leader of the teams do, then now I know we're in the right space because that is way more impactful. Absolutely. All right, Coach. Hey. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for coming along. Yeah, awesome, man. Here's to a nasty 19. You got that right. Nasty, nasty. Nasty, nasty. nasty. So uh, the ratings should be really high. Are, uh, <laughs> this, will, this will be our highest rated podcast. I'm going right. to call it now. I'll definitely call my family and tell them to. <laughs> All right. Thanks, uh, thanks for joining us, Coach. Right, thanks, this is Falcons Awful Podcast. We'll be right back. And we are back, DJ, uh, with Falcons Awful Podcast, presented by AT&T. I'm Matt Speak, DJ Shockley. Um, that was pretty cool. We just had Falcons coach Dan Quinn here. He talked about a number of things, the yeah. OC, the DC, the biggest needs. Uh, there's a lot to unpack there. I know we just want to put a bow on this and, and, and not go too far down the line here, yeah. but what were your initial thoughts? The one thing that struck me was, the thing that excited me the most was when, when Coach Quinn said, the number one thing I want this team to be, to, to embody is nastiness. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's got to perk up any Falcons fans' ears. And that's one of the things that when you watch this team, you want to see more of that. You want to see that on both sides of the ball. How many times we talk about it's a line of scrimmage game. It's an attitude. And he is continually talking about we have to be more nasty at the line of scrimmage. Absolutely. And I think going forward, those are the type of guys he's looking for. And he's expecting that out of his team. And it was good to hear clearly when we asked him that, he already knew exactly what he wanted for this team. Oh, yeah, I'm so sure he's eating. To say he doesn't have it. a clear vision, he has yeah. a clear vision of what this team yeah. and what he wants his guys to look like. Yeah, the other thing uh, that stood out to me was, you know, you know, he, he, we saw the, not that he hides it, but we saw the human side of Dan Quinn there. He, 
he talked about how tough it is yeah. to make those decisions. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that can't be easy. You know, he has to take the injuries. But I thought it was kind of fascinating when he when you were talking about that process uh, and he was talking about, hey, you know, you take mental notes in August, in yeah. September, in December. Yeah. That's, that's it's, a good point. It's not just kind of this knee-jerk reaction. Right. This is something that has been there, been... And it, maybe he looks for things, and there it is again, there it is again, and there think, it is again. I think that's a good thing for fans to look at, too, is people look at it like, okay, the season's over, then the next day he makes this big decision. No, he's been doing this since day one of training camp, yeah. since, you know, the middle of the year. He's always evaluating his team. He's always mm -hmm. evaluating coaches. He said, I remember when he first came on, he said, we evaluate everybody. We, yeah. we evaluate training staff. We evaluate scouting. Yeah. And that's what you got to have from your head coach who has a, a big a view point. of what this team should look like. That's a great point. I was talking to uh, Falcons president Rich McKay the other day. It was Monday afternoon, and we were actually having lunch. And he said, you know, you talk about attitude in everybody. We were talking about an equipment guy and how much energy this guy brought and how important <laughs> it is for the equipment guys to bring energy because they are with the players a you lot. Think about it. And after a tough loss, say, players need juice. Players Absolutely. need energy. And, and presidents and GMs and coaches are paying attention to body language and energy of everybody. Yeah. I was yeah. just kind of like, they don't miss anything. Yeah. And yes, that stuff is important. You, yeah. you say it, but then when you hear the president say that, it's you the go, small things, man. You go, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's a big deal. The little detail. I mean, you, you never realize, like, look at during warm-ups how many guys are excited, guys are jumping around. It's not usually always on the coaches. It's training staff. It's mm -hmm. guys who work with these guys every single day. You see mm -hmm. them all the time. Those are big deals for the coaches because sometimes yeah. they're so focused on, okay, let's make sure we got the right play call. Let's make sure we got everybody focused. Not worrying about, okay, we got to make sure we bring in the juice too. Yeah, yeah. And that comes each and every week. But I, I think another thing that was very, uh, I thought kind of eye-opening for me was how he talked about the guys who we thought were maybe depth guys getting mm -hmm. major roles this year mm -hmm. and having to use those guys in the upcoming future and how they're going to play into how they go about free agency and draft because that's a big part of them. Yeah, and so they have some decisions to make with their own unrestricted free agents. They've got 19 UFAs plus two other guys that are, they've got some other title, but they're free agents too. And then they've got X amount of dollars in the yeah. salary cap. They, Thomas Dimitrov, general manager Thomas Dimitrov, uh, mentioned in the press conference earlier this morning that, you know, they still plan to readdress wide receiver Julio Jones's yeah. deal and Grady Jarrett. Um, they may have to restructure some guys and in DQ sitting there like, okay, once that's all figured out, they go into free agency, what they do, you know, what they can afford there, then they go to the draft. But it's pretty clear whatever additions they bring in uh, are going to have to fit that criteria. And he laid it out pretty nicely as far as, you know, with the, culture, with the coaches, but also just the kind of player he wants. The crazy thing is people look at it like, okay, this is the offseason time for the coaches to – you know, maybe go on vacation. Thomas Dimitrov and Dan Quinn both mentioned we've already had our first draft meeting. Yeah, they're already locked in on what's going to make this team better yeah. already, yeah. and they're focused on it going forward. And I like the process he's going through of trying to find an offensive coordinator that fits what they want to do, but also has the mindset yeah. of the quarterback in mind. Yeah, it's, so that's a big deal. 
it sounds like whoever they end up bringing in is going to be something runs something or is very very familiar Have with to. something that you know matt ryan and Absolutely. julio jones are comfortable in or are all are already running absolutely uh, that's a tongue twister there. that's important it's important man um any other thoughts about dq here today and then the presser anything stick out stick out to you you know what i i just love the the uh, we talked about it you know in our last you know sit down with him where he talked about consistency he talked about having a vision talked about having the wherefore where when we go out and we draft or we go into free agency or we evaluate our players they have to fit what the brotherhood is all about. Because sometimes yeah. Thomas Dimitrov talked about maybe this guy is ultra talented. And, you know, fans always say, why don't we bring this guy in? Well, yeah, he can be talented, but he may not fit the culture of what yeah. we have here. And he said sometimes we take a less talented player, but who can do X, Y, and Z yeah. better than that talented guy. It fits into our culture, which makes him fit into our team. So I thought that was something that was – kind of eye-opening for fans to really think about is, okay, yeah, sometimes we always think about this guy sitting on the street or this guy, can we can go trade for him, yeah. but maybe he doesn't fit this culture, and I thought that was big, too. That reminds me of a conversation I had with Thomas once and some of the scouts. Right now is mock draft season, oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> All the mock drafts are out, and Falcons are going to, right now, which was interesting, Thomas said, well, we're currently 14. Yeah, I was like, yeah. uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, TD likes to move a little bit. So. Yeah. <laughs> but one thing that he said and the scout said to me uh, when I was doing some profiles last year was a lot of the fans will see this top-rated, say you're looking, the Falcons' biggest need is defensive tackle. And the top-rated defensive tackle is right there. Yeah. And the Falcons go in a different direction. Yeah. And the fans are like, what are they doing? And, but Thomas recognizes, and so do the scouts, that yes, this guy is a first-round talent. Yeah. And yes, he's a very good football player but he does not fit into yeah. our scheme, definitely our culture. They talked about football IQ. They talked about all these different factors, right? Um, and so that's why they make the decisions they make. It's always fascinating to hear them talk about and that process. Even when he talked about Calvin Ridley, he said last yeah. year when we drafted Calvin Ridley, everybody was like, we don't need that. We don't need a receiver. We don't Another need this guy. Another receiver, right. And then he said, and it's, this is the press conference. He said, now can you see why we drafted? So yeah. he hears it, yeah. but he wants you guys to see it. And he said, now you can see why we drafted Calvin Ridley yeah. for what we do. He fits what we do and has made us better. Yeah, they stay true to their board and, and yeah. their draft board. And it's hard to argue when you look at like this last class. It's hard to argue or the last few classes uh, with their board. I mean, they've, they have found some gems. I and, mean, just look uh, at the contributions from this year. Yeah. Look at that rookie class. Yeah, I know. At some point in time, we were talking about them in a game about something they did. Even Russell Gage. Even Russell Gage. I mean, everybody has made some type of contribution this year. Well, it was really cool having DQ uh, here. That was fun, man. And uh, I always, you Can know, pull fans... some strings next time to get TD in here too, maybe? The, yeah, that would be cool. He's actually... You know, Fans don't realize when you're walking around the halls here at Flower Branch, and you know this, that's the DQ. That's that's him. You know, we they didn't hear TD, but they are pretty cool guys. And yeah. and yeah. what you saw here on the set here, that's that's how we see DQ. And uh, man, I'm rooting for him. And uh, and uh, I hope that uh, he finds some nasty players, man. Nasty baby, let's go get nasty. I'm all with that. Hey, uh, happy New Year to you, bro. Happy New Year, brother. I appreciate it. Yes, and. Sir. Uh, that's going to wrap it up. Uh, well, it's actually our first 2019, but it's going to wrap it up today. Falcons Apple Podcast. <laughs> 
Um, peace. Thanks for Thank listening. You.